Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who always go for two. What's up, Chuck and Gene? Uh, hey, guys. Uh, long time no see. Uh, I do always go for two. Um, at a crowded bar, you want one. Oh, I made myself sad by making a joke about a crowded bar. <laughs> I miss crowded bars so much. Um, this is Chuck Siders. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And yeah, I, I miss I miss going out. I miss lots of things. Gene? Uh, this is Gene Z-Like. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And uh, usually, I lately, I've been the one that gets to say the uh, the Twitter handle for the show. So it was nice to not have to deal with that. Um, also, <laughs> I have this chart that I put up about when to go for two. But unfortunately, in the process, I spilled some sort of part of my cocktail on it and I, I can't I can't read it any longer so um I just I just always always go for well, two now well, the bar is uh is like four deep um and you need a drink what is your what is your move to get the attention of the barkeep because I know oh. it's uncouth to you know wave money or uh you know gesticulate in some way you just kind of pray uh, well, I I gesticulate a bit. I kind of do the 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 taxi wave, you know, just sort of okay. Lean in with my shoulder, like to to yeah. sort of just find any room at all. Desperate eye contact, like you know, <laughs> like like you're an orphan hoping to be adopted. Just like desperate eye contact, and then just the slightest tick of the hand. That's yeah, it. it's a and... tough call. If you can get to the rail, like if you can get like an elbow onto the onto mahogany or whatever, you're you're in good shape to either hold up an empty glass or you know do the old two finger tip of the. Hey, mate! I need a <laughs> I need <Dave's> a refill. <laughs> uh, Is that a just going straight Australian? Oi! <laughs> I, yeah, it was, I sure. <laughs> you call that a knife? I, I can tell you what has never worked is uh, subtly or quietly mumbling insults about the bartender under my breath. Uh. <laughs> that has never once gotten me a drink faster. I have no idea why. I believe I that say... is called Xfinity Live because <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen many people try it there. I will say, as a as a former bartender, uh, I did respond to the waved money. Well, that I seems to make the most sense. To do it, but if you know if you're waving a twenty, I'm going to pay attention to you. Yeah. So. Take it for what it's worth. <laughs> they follows strict. That, so they follow strict uh, stripper rules as a as a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Let's talk about Philly sports. Um, and the Eagles uh, attended a football game on Sunday. <laughs> I can't I can't be certain to say that they played a football game, but they were there for it. Uh, losing to the New York Giants by a score. And um, I don't know what to say about this game. Uh I don't I don't know what to say about this game either. It's been a couple of weeks since I've had to talk about the Eagles. It's been nice You're not wrong. having to. Um 
And thank God for that tie, I guess, because that tie is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Well, I believe, that they were, uh, I believe that the Eagles are undefeated since you have not been on the show. Oh, okay. So me being back was, <laughs> was the uh, jinx. So. I didn't say that. Well, no, I, I mean, I, I can read between the lines. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm not like Carson. I can't, you know, read a coverage. But um, there is some joke there. He's been bad. Carson Wentz has been not good. Um, I think the, the biggest takeaway I had from Sunday's game was it reminded me of watching high school football in that every game, every, every you know, five-yard reception was immediately ended with a tackle. And it was just so painful. This was not like your West Coast offense of precision short passes or little runs here or there. It just looked like they gave all they could and got four yards. You know, it's a desperation situation and, and Carson overthrows somebody. Our defense, like, decided that they had to play, like, four feet off a guy. I never saw so many passes go, like, just – wide open and the giants aren't good it was it was incredibly frustrating to see just how bad and ineffective the eagles were and it just kept reminding me of you know going out to support uh, a friend's kid or a niece or not niece a nephew who playing high school football and just the pain of it so basically you're you're saying yeah. the eagles are playing the equivalent of a high school caliber football Here's what's discouraging to me. The, we're coming off of a bye week. You're in first place for, you know, <laughs> for what it's worth, you're in first place. You have an opportunity here to basically take a stranglehold on the division with four wins. Um, and you come out, comp it, it, it appears to have a lack of preparedness. You're, you're committing false starts left and right to begin the game. You're getting gashed by quarterback runs and you cannot convert a third down for the whole fucking game. Uh, now, I mean, those of us that have been here through the Andy Reed era have grown accustomed to put it, putting an automatic W in after a bye week. Um, and you're, you're coming off of two weeks off. You have a, inferior supposedly inferior opponent you have everything to play for here you have miles sanders back you have uh, uh dallas goddard's back you have lane johnson back supposedly you should be in a better position than the last time you played these bums and you should continue the dominance that you've exerted over over new york for the past i don't know what five years so what was this mess that we looked at I think that, I think explain that, it to me. What am I, I looking at? I think that the, what we finally saw, or maybe can finally sort of get into our heads, is that this is a very bad football team. Um, this is a bad football team, and we can't look at anybody else. We can't look down our noses at anybody else and say uh, that they're a bad football team. Um, we we didn't. It's not like we throttled what is a dumpster fire of a Dallas team. If we had if we had found a way to. You know, if there was any way to lose that game, we we, we certainly looked for it. Um, my, my, I think finally, as much as I have tried to not 
enter the realm of let's just burn the whole thing down to the ground. Um, I, I, I think that there needs to be some sort of major, major like shift in the actual culture or the ground that this this whole thing, this house of cards that is, is built you know on. What the shift needs to be, Gene? What's that shift? Hire an offensive coordinator. For the that love help? of sweet baby Jesus, take play calling away from Doug. Give Carson something to hold on to here. Give him an ally on this coaching staff. Please, the, the Doug has lost his mind. He's a madman. Fourth and ten. But yeah, he, he he's what's he's, our fourth down conversion rate this year? It's, it's awful. It's like thirty. It's less than thirty percent actually now. I think after yeah. last week. Um, but it's better than I think their third down percentage, which that is mind boggling. <laughs> um, but I I think you're right, and and more and more this week I kept thinking to myself, um, you know maybe 2017. Uh, we should have let Doug go to Indianapolis and kept Frank Reich. You know what I mean? Like that, honestly, Indianapolis has looked like a much more competent football team since he's been the head coach there with, with in some cases, less talent um, Gene, you are correct. than, than are what we, we have. We are 29.41% on fourth down. We are 30th in the league on fourth down conversions. That should tell you something. Yeah. Um you know, and I, I love that we have the, the the sort of gambler mentality when when your gambling is paying off. But uh, I feel like Doug has gone from being like that 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 wild west sort of riverboat gambler to being um like uh, Southside Pete, the degenerate at the at the at the uh, the horse racetrack, um, who will will bet his last dollar and his best buddy's last dollar on a horse um, that that can't win. Uh, he he just I feel like he just gambles for the sake of gambling at this point. Um, yeah, I, I get that real sense too, Gene. It, I have no confidence in all the people you really should have confidence in. I my trust and love of Doug has completely been depleted. I I don't trust Carson and his gunslinging ways. You know, he's just the same way as Doug Peterson, where. You know, they both, I think, feel like they have the magic touch. And, man, there is no magic there right now. Well, and I thought that Carson played a, a more clean game, you know, this week in particular, but also a very boring game. Um, you know, there were some some major miscues that were mostly involving him falling on himself. Um, <laughs> it, it just The whole game plan just reeked of... Let's play it safe unless uh, the 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 smart thing to do is play it safe and then do something stupid. Um, like, I don't know if that can be a game plan. I don't know if you can have a meeting <laughs> where the result can be, we're going to play it conservatively until uh, we need to panic, in which case everyone panic. Um, but that certainly seemed like what they had, that they, what they were, were calling in from the sidelines. Um I just, I just didn't get it. Uh, you know, either they should have gone back and investigated the, the game tape from from the, the Giants' standpoint, from the game they played just three weeks ago, or two, you know, two weeks ago. I guess it was three weeks ago because of the bye. Um, because it's not like the Giants were doing much of anything differently. I mean, literally, Daniel Jones running was the thing that beat the it almost beat them the first time, and it, it beat them this time as as far as offensive is offense is concerned 
Um, and the defense, you have to this these were the two quarterbacks that are are prone to turn the ball over more. I wanted to see the defense try and take some calculated risk to turn the ball over from a guy who's, you know, known to make mistakes. Um it, it, it I, I wanted to see get the it. defense make a stop. You know, it was the the whole Ben don't break style is really pathetic against the Giants. You know, it was like, oh, well, we'll, we'll give them the middle of the field so they're not going to go way downfield on us. And it was just like, it, it, guys were wide open. They were just throwing underneath our coverage like the whole game. You know, it wasn't... I mean, thank God the Giants suck or else it would have been a blowout, but the, the defense did not look good or effective. They you know, marched. The Giants absolutely marched. Drive after drive, they marched down the field, and it was very little resistance. Yeah, we gave it to them. We, uh, we, we said, here, have your march, have your parade. Here's the permit. I mean, every facet of the game, we looked terrible, and we're a bad football team. You're right, Gene. That's... I mean, come to terms. If you haven't come to terms with it yet, I don't know what you're you're, you're hoping for. I don't know what you're hoping to happen. 2017 feels like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And the more I think about that Super Bowl, the less I feel like it was luck and the more I feel like it was a fucking miracle. Yeah. <laughs> There is no way this group of players and this coach managed to pull that off without some kind of divine intervention or some sort of deal with the devil. Because I'll tell you what, this guy does not have it upstairs enough to pull off a, a, a miracle run like that. So I, I don't know. Will, will the real Doug Peterson please stand up? Um, but who who was it that called him the worst NFL hire and in, in, or the worst head coach hire in NFL history? Oh, like when God, it happened? That, yeah. That uh, sounds like I, asking. I forget who said it, but <laughs> what is what is like what is closer to the truth, that or the Super Bowl win? I don't know. So uh, I, I mean, let, let's let's. You know, as I've done with most things that have been going on in the world right now, I immediately have to think two months in advance and and plan out the worst case scenario. So <laughs> let's let's imagine worst case scenario, in my opinion, would be we lose every game until the last two division games that are on our schedule this year. I think it's we have, what, five games between now and the next division game. The last two division games are against Dallas and Washington. There is a scenario, and it's not wholly unlikely, that we could be still in the driver's seat for the division. <laughs> Don't um, do it. Do not. Don't do it. But here's here's my question. Let, let's say that the Eagles do not win another football game this year. They, they do not win another game the rest of the year, uh, which to me is just as likely as, as the alternative. Um, what do you do with what you have here? Are there any pieces, whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's the quarterback, whether it's a, a player, is there, is there anything that you go, okay, I know I can build something. We we can't fire all the players. We, 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 we can't, you know, you can't completely rebuild overnight. 
is there is there any maybe a position group where you could say okay if we can ju- if if there's something we can do here or are we des- do we really seriously need to because in the NFL you don't necessarily have rebuilding you have either teams that are able to to, to sort of pivot or you have your your perennial garbage squads your Cincinnati Bengals your Cleveland Browns your you know whoever hopefully that's where New England is headed back to um well, you know what do what do we do you know I've said what what are we watching for every week I can't watch them anymore you know what I mean I, I had the worst Sunday maybe it's getting to the point where the Eagles are ruining the weekend for me um I used to you know get up on Sundays and be like God yes it's game day it's time to watch some football and now I'm like god damn it I, I wanted to go to the grocery store and I have to watch this <laughs> fucking football game I want Dude, to do anything else and go to the grocery store man yeah I just I can't I would rather here. strap on my mask and be around like you know the look the- here's where we're at you're stuck with car like wh- whether you want to or not you're Carson's your co- your starting quarterback based on the contract so I don't know how you feel about that. If you're happy about it, great. If you feel bad about it, too bad. You're stuck with Carson. The really the only the only players I won't even say gr- like group. I mean the only players that you can say, "All right, we, this is a this is a piece" would be to me Miles Sanders and he's got a whole bunch of like durability issues mm-hmm. and uh, uh, big play Slay, uh, who's been really just a terrific yeah. pickup um, and has really been a bright spot in an otherwise really dismal season. Outside of that, I don't really know what you could possibly be looking at that you would Me? say, well, we got this going for us. I mean, you would think it would have been the defensive line. Uh, like but man, center, it feels like it feels like that D line got old like overnight. Man, it just other than Brandon yeah. Graham, who's been having a Pro Bowl year, it feels like the rest of the guys just they just don't have it. You know what I mean? I mean Fletcher Cox is basically the defensive line equivalent of Jason Peters at this point. Like yeah. uh, he is like limping off the field every game, trying to come back. Like, I give it to him. He's trying to come back. He's trying to tough it out. I mean, I don't think anybody's quitting. I think everyone's trying. It's just you're old. And you're not good enough anymore. I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, the, the the defense. My first thought was old. There, there's there's no the defensive core is just it's just not there. Maybe Goddard. I mean, I haven't been blown away by him this season, but I I think he has enough skills to to be reliable. Um, we're stuck with Car- Carson. I would love to see more of Hertz than the the gadget plays. But I mean, he's a rookie, so maybe by the end of the season we can see a little more. See if we have something there. Um, I don't when know. When he comes and- on the field, Doug's got to either let him throw the football or not bring him on the field. Yep, it's painfully obvious he's going to try to run an option every time he has the ball. Teams are crashing down on him with this and it's just not working yeah they're, so, pu- Doug, they're putting you need to stay a step ahead of everybody not let everyone catch up to what you're doing i have i have i'm of two minds with hertz there's there's two things going on here either um he sucks and doug doesn't want him to throw the ball because he sucks um and we don't know because nobody can watch you know nobody's seeing anything at practice um or b he's really good and he doesn't want to b- obliterate carson's 
confidence. But I think Carson will get the Carson will get the 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 Wally Pip, the 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 yips or whatever. You know, the 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 Wally Pips, the yips, the 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 whole thing, and he can't get the ball over the plate anymore. But uh, the one thing is, if you are going to put him in the game, the one thing you have to do is you have to get the other quarterback off the field and give him you know, at least two wide receivers. You know, I mean, Carson Wentz is basically meaning you're going to play this this down with 10 guys. You know, you have one play that you've already not had work out um, for, for two quarterbacks, and you aren't practicing with two quarterbacks on the field at length. It, it, and if they are, uh, it's part of the problem as to why they can't run actual competent plays in the game because they're spending too much time trying to figure out how to play with two quarterbacks when both teams play with one. Um, it's it, the whole thing. It was a stupid pick. It's proving to be a stupid pick. Um, and I think next year they got to move him. <laughs> what are you going to do with him? The other thing is, you know, at the beginning of the year, I would have told you Zach Ertz needs to get re-signed. No, don't. There's no yeah. point. You Here's might as well, problem. you might as well have that budget for something else. Here's the problem. No one's going to like, it, it's not going to fly the Eagles just being bad. Like, that's not a thing that works in Philadelphia. Like, you know, you talked about Cincinnati and, like, some of these, like, perennial doormats and things like that. That's not going to work here. Uh, so, and, I, I mean, I think Jeffrey Lurie knows that. And, I mean, heads are going to roll. I mean, not this year, obviously. Uh, but a lot of bad decisions were made. Um and it'll be interesting to see, you know, another, you know, if, if they're four and twelve next year, what what is going to happen? Because it's just not, gonna, it just doesn't work. It's just we don't tolerate it. Are Doug and Howie um, going to play their get out of jail free card in the off season? Are they both getting called into Lori's office and Lori's like, look, you won me a Super Bowl. This is your, this is you have this is you spending all of that capital, and you you need to figure it out. What I don't see dangerous. from them is like real, real anger. I don't see anger at at this. You know what I mean? Like th- when you see a press conference, you don't see anger that the team didn't execute what you're saying is but the it's game plan. Dangerous. It's dangerous to say you got one more year. You you, you got look. Brett Brown got one more year. Look what happened. Matt Clentak got one more year. Look what happened. They do dangerous things with the one more year to try to save their jobs. <laughs> if it were up up to me, this would be their year to save their jobs. I I as a fan, I mean, I want the Eagles to win, to, so it's fun. But I don't want to win the division. Like logically, that just no good could come of that. We're not going on a playoff run. There's you know, win the division, get embarrassed for wild card weekend or whatever. But this would be their last chance. It'd be, hey, do something with this season. Show me, give me some reason to keep you here. But I think the Super Bowl win and everything going on with COVID is going to buy them one more year, probably on an extremely short leash. And it'll probably be a wasted year. I, I can't see there be there there being enough availability enough wiggle room to to revamp this team in the offseason to make it a viable contender now maybe maybe the nfc east is just so bad <laughs> that 
halfway decent, get yourself get yourself to seven and nine and win the division next year. I don't know, but there's no easy out here. There's no, hey, one or two free agents and this team is good. I I don't see a clear path to making this team good without gutting it. Yeah, I mean, you need you need options, you need assets, and you need guys at the top to make the best decisions with those assets. And I don't know. I mean, call me crazy, but looking at the past few drafts, I don't know if Howie's the guy to be making those decisions with the assets. Yeah. Even if you get them. So miss miss the playoffs. You'll have a top 15 draft. I mean, holy shit, you're ahead of two, four, six teams in, in the NFC alone. Uh, like, I don't know where you're going to land, but, you, I mean, you'll have a top 15 draft pick. What are you going to do with it? You're going to pick a fireman? You're going to pick a... Uh, <laughs> Maybe a rugby player. Uh, a rugby player. Uh, we got a construction worker, an Indian chief, uh, a, a, a motorcycle guy. I mean, you got everyone from the village people on the Eagles at this point, um, you know, with Howie at the helm. So I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's interesting. I was, I'm distraught. I was talking to a buddy of mine, and we were talking about the idea of the franchise quarterback. And when you when you have a quarterback that comes into the league, like Goff and 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 Wentz did that year, you sort of have a immediately have a window where you have them really cheap, and you have like this abundance of potential, and you have a quarterback that if they are talented and you have them for cheap, you really have that 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 initial window to try and do something great right away and I feel like in 2017 you sort of saw how that sort of could have all come together for Carson Wentz when they were able to spend a lot of money with uh, around him with uh, with a lot of good talent and uh, the talent around him obviously was good enough that even when he wasn't there was able to proceed and win a Super Bowl Uh, the problem is once your true franchise quarterbacks your your Russell Wilson's your Aaron Rodgers, your 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 Peyton Manning's, your Tom Brady's. It's when they get that big contract, and now all of a sudden, uh, they're eating up a huge chunk of your salary, and suddenly they're the ones that have to start making the people around them who are not quite as talented better. That's where you you know whether you whether you've hit on that that franchise quarterback when you suddenly have that that situation and you're still able to progress and you're able to win that second Super Bowl or third Super Bowl or or you know in Russell Wilson's case you're able to sort of stay right on the edge um, of an MVP sort of caliber player and I think what we're finding sort of really quickly is that Carson Wentz maybe don't have that second gear maybe he's not the kind of guy that's going to make the other players not just better but you know it's looking like he can't even make them competitive. Um, you have flashes of a guy that's that's off of a practice squad. The problem is you have other guys that are making $10 million he can't get the ball to. So, you know, it, it, the whole thing yeah, is absurd. I, I, and, yes, you are now married to this decision. And and that's where you've got to do, as, as Andy Reid would say, you've got to do a better job. But – it, 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 yeah, I mean, look at the look at the top teams in the NFC, right? You have Rodgers, Breeze, Brady, um, 
and Russell Wilson. And then you got that team that you're kind of talking about with the young quarterback and the, you know, the Arizona Cardinals are there. They got their quarterback cheap right now. He's so they could go athletic. out and get the Andre Hopkins because they had the money. Uh, and now, and and you're seeing exactly why the Cowboys and and Jerry Jones didn't want to give Dak Prescott that money because they know they know in their heart of hearts he doesn't have that second gear um, that's going to be able to elevate them to the next level where it's going to be worth it to sink so much salary into one position. So yeah, I mean the Eagles are kind of stuck. It's funny that they have like the same record as like the Vikings because like they were kind of in that. Mm-hmm. You know, with a good court, you know, like they thought they had a good quarterback and then they gave him this contract. And now we're kind of like, uh, what do we do? How do we figure this out moving forward? Yeah, the Vikings really are very very, a very good comp comparable where they both had they thought they had strong defense. They thought they had a good core around them. They pay a, a big contract. Really, the only other offensive weapon that seems to be productive is the running back. I mean, they, they're they almost like the only parallels. difference is we won a Super Bowl in 2017 and they're a bunch of nerds. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> School. <laughs> hey, uh, I know we're like half hour in, so uh, I've been itching to talk a little bit about fashion. So, uh, do uh, we mind if we talk about look, talk I'm about clothes? For any reason to pivot from this dialogue? <laughs> uh, let's talk about something remotely happy. So, big Maybe. news! Big news today in Flyers Land, right? Um, can somebody explain to me what what retro? What is what is this thing with this idea? Big called? news! The Flyers jersey this year will be orange. <laughs> <laughs> what is what are they calling it? Retro. Um, Reverse retro. Reverse, and what does that mean? It futuristic. Means, no, not futuristic. Um, it, oh, what, I what don't it know is, if it's a reverse retro. It's a, a, a futuro. Okay, we're not reversing time. We're doing oh. retro jerseys, but something about them is hypothetically reversed. And this was Adidas sort of pushed the idea, as far as I heard, and it's unheard of in the NHL for all 31 teams to do an alternate jersey with sort of the same theme. And um, it works out well because the NHL needs money because <laughs> they're a gate-driven league. Um, but this has been planned for like two years. Although looking at some of these, you wouldn't exactly know it. <laughs> um, I think the best example of the reverse retro yeah, let theme. Me, let me know. I want to look it up. Look up what the, the Kings did. The Kings jersey is the style of the Gretzky era jerseys, where it was in silver and black with that King's crest on the, on the front. Uh-huh. But with the reverse retro, what they did, they took that style, but did it in the purple and gold colors that the Kings had before. And it's really cool looking. And we got to talk about this mighty ducks reverse. retro. (laughs) All right. How do you guys feel about the mighty ducks Jersey? Gene, have you seen it? I haven't seen that one. I saw a list where somebody had them sort of like tiered, um, but it was like basically ranked by logo. So I couldn't actually see the examples, but I I saw like that the flyers uh, as they tiered, it was in like the meh, um realm so um and i have seen the flyers one but and i saw that king's one 
um, just because a lot of people sort of were like, yeah, this is the best example. Um, so how would you describe the Mighty Ducks one? Let's pretend like I don't have my, my cell phone here and can look it up uh, for the audio-only folks. Uh, how would you describe the Mighty Ducks one? I'll let Dave go with the description because I probably have more details about okay. it. Okay. Well, it's the te- it's the teal and white, mm-hmm. first of all. And um you remember it's like sort of the the duck shaped like Jason mask that but it's the entire fucking duck. Like it's like the <laughs> cartoon, the like the Saturday morning animated cartoon mighty ducks and he's like emerging from a frozen lake like like he was underwater in the front and just crashed through the ice with a giant goalie stick i mean it was like i drew it it's <laughs> not a logo like it's not a fucking logo yeah it's, it's more of like a doodle a cartoon drawing yeah it's it's I don't like it for something that someone would have to spend anywhere from two hundred to three hundred dollars on, because it's more or less a joke. Um, this is a throwback to the first year the NHL had alternate jerseys, and the Ducks probably had the wildest one that year. Um, no pun intended, because their mascot is named Wild Wing, and it is Wild Wing bursting through the ice. But the, but the but the ice is actually sort of like the stripe at the bottom of the jersey as well. It's not like it, a pond circle like on the white. It's it's like the whole bottom stripe of the jersey becomes sort of a a, a playing surface or a, or a pond. Well, he's bursting through teal ice because it's a reverse retro. The original was in the the jade green. Um, here it's definitely teal. If I was the Sharks, I'd be pissed. Um, yeah, and it's the the Mighty Ducks mascot bursting through ice that was formerly white, now is inexplicably teal, and there's just so much negative space because the mascot himself is also white, so it's just a lot of white. It's got the doodle like Captain C with the like almost Comic Sans lettering for the numbers and uh, the nameplate. I think it's funny as a joke. But to bring it back as, yep, we're, you know, this is going to be something we're proud to wear. I don't know. I mean, good for them for for being ballsy enough to try it. But it's. All right. Well, here's here's my winners from the reverse retro jersey as I've just cruised through all of them. The teams that have moved have a clear advantage here. So the Carolina hurricanes are huge winners on this because they basically just get to wear heart for whalers jerseys. The, uh, and the avalanche, um, have a cool, like Nordiques. I love the abs, you know, Nordiques, you know, but in burgundy, I love that. Kill me now, kill me now. But the New Jersey devils. Yep. Yeah. I I like the Christmas sort of, christmas color look uh that they've got yeah yeah and that was another one where they really took the like they were a prime example of what it was all right throwback to their first year in jersey where they wore red and green but they never had a green primary jersey right so dude like like, this would have been their alternate jersey if alternate jerseys existed in 84 if i were a devil's fan i would buy that jersey oh yeah it's it's an awesome jersey um, 
and you know those those are cool um eh, the hartford one it's i don't know the 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 canes have a weird relationship with the whalers they've had whalers throwback nights they have people wearing number nine which is gordy howe's number which has been retired by the whalers so that's a little weird um so that's okay what other ones do i really enjoy um oh i like the arizona that's one where it was you know embracing a a crazy jersey and making it crazier by turning the green coyotes alternate to a to a purple one I enjoy that. I like the wild. Yeah. Oh, I love the wild. Good call. I love the wild. Of yeah, the, going with the old um, North Stars colors there. Yeah. Yep. So, and they simplified the logo. So we oh, have the cool. ones we it like. It doesn't really apply to the Flyers because yeah. it's just more green and, I mean, uh, orange and black. The orange is the black. The orange is the black. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just, you know, it took me all day sort of flipping back to it to sort of start to put together in my mind what they were going for. And maybe it's plainly obvious to anybody else, but is this sort of a, the, taking the black nineties Jersey to a certain degree and reversing it? Um, it? Is that where they got sort of that sleeve design? Um, I'll tell you, I, the thing I am most irritated about is the fact that they, they sort of went with just a basic flyers orange. Uh, and, and my main issue is I will never like, uh, a Flyers alternate jersey because uh, you basically have have one option that's going to make it cool is you, you have to go primarily black. Um, those are the only two that I've ever liked. Uh, you're not going to put a, a better logo on on a sweater like the Flyers jersey is it's it's iconic there. There's no you. you what are you going to do? Put an actual Ben Franklin with angel wings on like what 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 would be a better flyer? Like there, there's no a flying a better flying P does not exist. Um, So right there, you're you're boxed in and nobody else wears orange and black uh, in, in the NHL the way that the, the flyers do like they just they just it just looks great all the time. So anytime you, you go off the board on it, you're you're taking something that's really really good and and messing with it so it's, it's never going to work but so I'm, I'm guessing that that's why you, you sort of get a, a, a lukewarm reaction to any sort of a flyers change because really what i like is is i like the way a flyers jersey looks like i don't need something particularly new well and that's the thing like there, there's no secondary logo for the flyers because you know like the whalers they have the w with like the whale tail and then they have like a little like vineyard vines looking whale that they use <laughs> um but the flyers there's just there's the flyers logo there's no liberty bell there's no secondary logo that you could flip and make it primary and or emphasize the other one and reverse the colors on them and stuff like that so when you go like all right we're gonna we're gonna mix up the flyers jersey sweater <laughs> it's like well there's nothing to do it's just to move the colors around change the tint a little bit um so, so yeah, the, the flyers have three colors. That's it. <laughs> so maybe a better question would be if if you were the NHL and um, we'll 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 sort of keep this to just the flyers. If if you were going to go with a concept um, for a flyers jersey, uh, and this is the concept that I came up with, so so you can come up with your own or you can riff off of mine. Um, uh, what would what would be an interesting idea would be if maybe especially if there are. are 
teams that have other city uh, other teams uh, in their cities uh, like Boston or whatever um, maybe you would have to pay homage to uh, one of your sister franchises so my thought would be the Flyers would 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 their alternate jersey would be the Kelly green and and when gray and white like the Eagles I feel like that was the more the most natural sort of sister parallel because an eagle flies the flyers fly um uh, you know better better than than having the philly the, the flyers take the phillies cover colors um and making gritty be green for the day I, I i don't really know so um that was my thought would be you would have the the you know maybe the eagle wing as the primary logo in a kelly green uh sort of silver uh look which i thought that could maybe that might move me to buy a new jersey. Um, having the having this this is not going to move the needle. I'm I'm going to go and get my Carter Hart in in a road white or a regular standard home jersey. Not not going to go get it in the in the alternate. Okay. Well, um, I hate that idea, Gene. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's there. No, I mean maybe for St. Patrick's Day that would be fun, but the 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 great thing about the Flyers is what makes this reverse retro project kind of boring for them is the fact that the Flyers logo is so iconic and their color scheme is so iconic that go hey we're gonna celebrate the Eagles or tie ourselves to the Eagles. It's that. I don't, it's like beneath the flyers. Like, no, they, <laughs> they, they wouldn't do that. They so no Phil and Phyllis on the sweater either. What's what? Uh, well, I would think it would make more sense for the Sixers and flyers to sort of do a Jersey swap since they're like spectrum brothers. <laughs> for, for the time being, the Sixers won out. Um, but well, the Sixers can do orange and black. Anyone can do orange and black. We welcome the whole city to, but no, we're not doing that. As as for let let me talk about what they they actually did, and then I'll tell you about my dream Flyers jersey. Okay. Um, with what they actually did, I think it looks good. I think it's an attractive jersey. I can't wait to see it. You know, the whole uniform. I really think I'm gonna like them. But for the project, like if this were a homework assignment. You, you kind of as a teacher would go, I know you did this last night. You know, <laughs> I got to give you a B, B minus because you did a good job, but it wasn't really up to the spirit of the project. <laughs> you know, there is nothing terribly new here it was, you know, the sleeves that you mentioned, Gene, they're the same style that was introduced Um I want to say 82. I think it was introduced 81 originally and then tweaked just ever so slightly in the early 80s, 80, somewhere between 82 and 84, where it's kind of like a wing, but it's outlined. And they just reverse the colors on the sleeves to, but it's the same shape entirely as the, the whites, the oranges, and then the, the black alternate. So I kind I I like it. It's it's cool looking, but it just like for the spirit of the reverse retro, it it's kind of like it's like all right, you phoned it in, flyers. Good for you. It looks nice. 
what I've been waiting for them to do is to take their current home and roads, which were the classic original Broad Street bullies look, and to make those black. So have black on the, you know, the chest and the arms, have a white stripe, orange cuffs, and then take the logo and make it white. You know, that I think would look so damn sharp. You know, it would be different um, except just because you have white on black as opposed to black on something else. I would buy that in a heartbeat because I think it would look a lot like those original black alternates where it's just like, those were like a sea of black. You just had like a little orange stripe and that was it. It was black and white and they looked so badass and intimidating. I think this would look the same way, but but that's they've had every opportunity to do that. They're not going to do that. I probably won't be buying this new alternate jersey, um, but I think they look cool. Your thoughts, Dave? I don't know. I'm just trying to like think about what the Flyers could do. Like they've never done like an all white, like a predominantly white with just kind of like black piping and then like an orange accent, like maybe the center of the flying puck, keep that orange and maybe like a, a stripe on the bottom, something like that, but like all white and black. Hmm. That, that could work. I, mean, I, I, I kind of think they're due to change it up and do something new. Not, not as radical as what Gene suggested. <laughs> if we could edit that out of the show, that would be nice. Now I got to um, keep the good stuff now. <laughs> but, you know, with the, you know, don't change the logo, but like on the stadium series jersey, they took out the definition. It was all just black and orange. I love that jersey. Yeah, I like that and jersey they, too. They, I, I really came to love that too. I, I love that one. Um, I'm waiting for that to be the alternate soon. But... I was wondering if they were going to take that and make it like the primary and they're doing a lot of things in their marketing of just like a, almost like a silk screen of the flyers logo. So it's just one tone. And I think this new team, you know, with Carter Hart, with Provoroth, with your young uh, offensive players of, you know, Konechny, Frost, um, you know, Lindblom, Katoria to some extent on the young side. I mean, I kind of wanted to start a new chapter and go, here's a new set of white, orange, and black jerseys with a new look that's going to be for this new era. So have it. So I'm open to all of that. I would love to see something new to go, hey, this is a new chapter. You know, this is going to be the look that they wear, you know, they're wearing when they hoist the Stanley Cup. All right, let's fl- let's flip over to the Sixers because the Sixers also unveiled uh, a new jersey this week, uh, the Boathouse Row City jersey. Gentlemen, your thoughts? I'll go first. Um, I'm kind of meh on it. Okay, I don't hate the concept. Like, um, I saw some people showing like they want to do the Philadelphia skyline. And yeah, that's featured in a lot of things. I like the fact that this showing off Boathouse Row, you know, it's a way 
to see the city, either going into it or coming out of the city. It's what you see, um, you know, on every newsreel of, you know, come visit Philadelphia, that sort of thing. So I like the idea of Boathouse Row on it. Um, the the black, you know, uh, you know, it was so black forward that it reminded me of the Iverson error jerseys. I didn't see that originally, so I liked that. Um, but I just wish it was a little different. The like, if if you're a fat person, <laughs> that the placement of the boathouse is really not going to be good for you. It's going to go like straight across your belly. So like, so you're saying it's a good thing like Jokic doesn't play for. Yes. Like it's gonna look like a belt. It's gonna look like your, here's okay. my boathouse row belt. It's so I I want to tweak it. You know, hopefully on the court it looks awesome. Like I like the spirit of it, but the execution I'm a little the on. Okay, Gene, what do you think? Uh, initially, I really liked it. Um, I like the idea of sort of it's paying sort of tribute or sort of uh, like a nod to those Denver Nugget um, jerseys. The more you look at them side by side, it's it's less, a, less of a – they're less of like siblings and more like second cousins. Um, but there is, you know, the little Easter egg of the, the, the TTP in the middle that they're sort of winking as they're like, oh, no, we didn't include that, wink, wink. I mean, it's it's pretty – pretty obviously there uh it doesn't take a genius to sort of point that out um and and, um you know that's sort of a a cool nod to the to the sort of certain you know our current uh history of the team i gotta be honest like you know are we gonna stay in the in the trust the process era is is that sort of what they're saying or uh are we ready to 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 move forward you know it's it's an interesting sort of what are they trying to communicate to us? Um, I know Ben Simmons was was pretty. Uh, they they sort of imply that he was very involved in the creation of the yeah of the look yeah that's uh, that's which, what they're saying which is which is interesting you know and it, evidently he was the one that insisted that there be red in the uh, in the jersey because I, I guess I, it was all blue and black yeah I actually uh, that is maybe my favorite part is just that. Um, being that it's predominantly black, um, the way that they use the red and blue, uh, I think is a lot classier than sort of the way that they, they had the red and blue in the old uniforms. Um, I also like the font. Um, I was, you know, I, I didn't really love the, the city versions with the cream font. It seemed like it just never really worked for me. So I like sort of this, this sort of more, more modern, uh, look. So, you know, for the most part, I like it. Um, there are a lot of different things I'd like to see them do in the future. Um, and, and one of the things we, we talked about a lot sort of offline is in a lot of the marketing, you saw everybody in number 25 jerseys, even the, the cover of one of the magazines had, uh, Iverson in a 25 Jersey. I have to say that sort of tweaked me a little bit. Like it's one thing to have, you know, Ben or somebody else in a 25, but like, AI should be wearing a three, like make up a, the number is retired, like make up a three <laughs> for Iverson. Like the same thing. Like, I don't want to see Dr. J wearing Ben Simmons number. Like if you're going to have doc doing your market, like in your marketing doc should be wearing his number. If you're going to have AI in his, in the marketing, you should have AI wearing his number. Like 
to me that, that that just you know and and you know i guess it's cool that it's like a nod to you know that ai is a ben simmons fan i don't know and the the thing that's that's sort of strange about all of this very honestly ben simmons may never actually wear this jersey um if if things that are sort of being rumbled about go through um you know he'll design it and everybody will be wearing his number in in the marketing and and he may never wear it so uh i don't know if i'm a believer that that's going to happen before before the season starts but um it certainly would be an interesting turn of things but i'm excited to see him on the court i'm ex- you know i'm excited to see i'm i'm a lot more forgiving with basketball jerseys as far as alternate goes uh i feel like with hockey jerseys um i'm much more likely to buy them um so <laughs> Uh, I, I take them a little more seriously, but, um, you know, as far as this one goes, it, it certainly is going to be one I'm going to be excited to see them wearing. Yeah. I think if you're going to buy, like, if you're going to own one Sixers Jersey, this is not going to be the Sixers Jersey that you buy. Um, what I do like, I mean, you touched on a lot of things that I really liked about it, but the boat, like focusing on boathouse row to me is, um, it's kind of a cool choice because okay i'm not going to say like nobody knows that nobody outside of philly knows what boathouse row is but um i would say the majority of the country looking at this jersey is going to be what is that like what is that like honestly when i first when i first saw the jersey i saw like a thumbnail picture of it and i actually thought it was like um another language the center of the of the jersey and i was like okay i don't know if this is like um i don't know for some international play or something like that but then when you ever see those that like maze writing where like the letters look like they're sort of in a maze you know um i don't know if you've ever seen like sort of that graphic style no but if you take the picture if you take an image of it and make it very small to a thumbnail I thought maybe it could potentially be like Chinese uh, writing or something. Like, I didn't know. So then when I blew up the picture, I said, oh, okay, that's Boathouse Row all lit up. Um, so it does draw on something that is not the most popular, iconic thing about Philadelphia, which I like, right? Like enough Liberty Bell. Like we got enough Liberty Bell on all the stuff. You know, you ring the bell. You got the bell on the waistband. Like this Phillies logo is the fucking bell. Like everything is the Liberty Bell. Um, you know, Independence Hall, you could have done something with that. I mean, the Phillies have done logos uh that feature Independence Hall, but really like what else would else you I mean, you're not going to focus on like the Comcast Center, you know. <laughs> you could have done something with like Billy Penn, like that would have been kind of neat. Um but I do think it's cool that it's something that is not the most famous thing in the city. Um, they do remind me of those like Nuggets '90s jerseys with like the Denver uh, skyline, which also is not iconic. Like when I was a kid looking at it, I was like, well, I don't know idea what that is. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, it'll be cool to see them in play. Uh, I won't buy one uh, if I was going to buy one Sixers jersey for my lifetime. Um, this this wouldn't be it. Well, I just just wear the '90s Iverson jersey. Like, why can't we just do that? Yeah, or like if you want to keep the current red, white, and blue color scheme and put it on a black jersey, well, there's hardly any gold and red on. There's hardly any gold on that. Just do a slight recoloring of yeah. the the '90s Iverson. I mean, and I think you'd be printing money. 
I want to jump back to one point that you said about Boathouse Row, Dave, um, because that really rung true to me. I mean, it's not something I thought of because I because I recognize it. But I once had when I was living in Virginia, someone said to me, it's like, oh, you, you're from Philadelphia. Um, and I didn't correct him and say I was from the suburbs. I wasn't <laughs> pretending. I just I just it's just it not worth a, the not effort. A, exactly. Not a conversation worth having. Um, and said, oh, I guess I must have been there for Christmas or around Christmas, because when driving in, there was, you know, all these buildings lit up with Christmas lights. And I was like, no, 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 it wasn't Christmas lights. This is, I mean, well, they are, but, but <laughs> it could be, yeah. But how's row? It's always lit up. And he's like, oh, that makes sense. I didn't feel like I was there at Christmas. And when you brought that up, I'm like, that's right. That's here's somebody who saw something notable about Philadelphia, but didn't really know, hey, this is what it is. This is what it's called. It's lit up all year round. Right. Even though you do see it on every like sporting event. Like that is like the commercial, one of the commercial cut twos. Yeah. But unless you've actually visited the city, you're not going to, it, it's not as in your face as the Liberty Bell. Well, even, unless you've gone to some dragon boat races or. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, hey, listen, look out for the Phil, the Potadelphia dragon boat uh, team as soon as uh, we can go back to normal. And that is all the time we have for today. Uh, we'll be back with you on our regularly scheduled date and time. Uh, next week, recapping uh, Eagles' loss to the Cardinals, uh, we'll be previewing uh, some uh, some some Union playoff action uh, next week because you know we do have the uh, the hottest team in town. The Union is still uh, still kicking soccer balls all over the place. Um, so if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on social media: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search. Potadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the whip around for all the week's weird news. Uh, so until we speak again, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here.